AJ, you were a golfer, right? Uh, for a long time, yeah. Yeah. So, you ever try to hit a golf ball that's that's misshapen or got something a little funky going on? Doesn't nope. fly right, correct? No, you never. You've never I hit a. Can't say I can't say that I ever actually did. I don't know why I would. Why do I have misshapen balls? I'm not saying yours are because you and I we have manscaped, so we make sure our stuff is aerodynamic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know and what you're saying. Great, because I'm picking up what you're laying down. If you're trying to get that aerodynamic look, Manscaped has redesigned their electric trimmer and their engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawn Mower 3.0. And you can get 20% off your entire purchase and free shipping when you use code DNVR20. The third generation trimmer has a cutting edge ceramic blade, so it makes sure to keep your balls the correct shape. We'll just, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so I'm telling you, the thing is awesome. AJ and I both have it now. I don't know if AJ's tried it, but it works great. Can confirm. Again, you can get 20% off and free shipping when you use code DNVR20. Your balls will thank you. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have an app which you can download today and sign up for their loyalty program to get great deals. And they can deliver your alcohol straight to you so you can stay in quarantine and be good to go. Still have the booze that you need. Plus, they have a massive selection. So even if you want something a bit odd or off the wall, they can get it to you. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We are here once again for a Tuesday show. As always, we kind of start the show with the developing news around hockey and more specifically the NHL. There have been some new proposals put out there. These by the NHL Players Association, where it looks like they are planning for a bit more of the long game with talks of having the playoffs and the cup being awarded as late as September. Yeah, what did you think of it? The schedule that they put out where they would come back uh, in July, training camp, kind of get back up to speed, and then um, finish the season, go into the postseason, and then award the the Cup in September. Yeah, this is essentially a plan of, of skipping zero games. Like, they would still play their regular season and all of that. And, you know... Uh, what maybe some of the games have to be played behind closed doors or, or whatever it is, but it was the full schedule, which I was surprised. I was pretty confident that that wasn't even going to be on the table uh, to try and have a full season. Granted, I also wasn't expecting anything to, to push them into September. I figured at that point they would just say the season is done. So a little bit more, dedicated to finishing out this season than I thought, perhaps. Look, the more hockey, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I'm all for it in that regard. In terms of the offseason, first of all, they said it would push next season back. They wouldn't start until November to at least give the players a little bit of time off. And then the other side of this is what the heck happens with free agency? Um, I... <sighs> I don't, I don't know how, I mean, we talked about the, they're going to have a problem on July 1st, pretty much no matter what, if they try and play any games uh, after this, 
they're they're gonna have a July first problem. And I think that the best solution, um, for if they wanted to do this, I you would have to do it immediately after. Like, you, so you're saying wait until September to have the the free agency stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd have to. You can't have free agents, like, rolling into teams. You know, like, what? The Avs are going to lose Vlad Domestikov for the end of this season? Well, wouldn't I... Um, I understand that you'd have to keep the teams together. They would have to be the same for the end of the regular season and the playoffs. But yeah. is there something where you could write into their next contract, like, oh, they signed with this team for next year, and as soon as... Man, that's really tough too, though. Because what if someone gets injured? Yeah, yeah. I just you would just have to wait. It would you, right. you would have to. They award the cup in September. You're and done. September seventeenth is the cup. September nineteenth is free agency. Straight you, up, like you sign Nemes- your contract and you go straight to training camp. Basically, like, <laughs> Nemestikov Nemestikov wins the cup in Colorado and then signs for somebody for twice as much money. Yep. Uh, as the abs are offering 48 hours later, and it's the most transactional relationship of all time. <laughs> Easy deasy. Um, it's, it's a really weird situation with that regard. The other interesting side of it is I think it, it would be fine with the draft. They could still have their draft in late June. And- you could do the draft pretty much whenever, as long right. as you change the end of the, the first round. And you basically just say, hey, we're just doing this based off standings. Right. Exactly. None of the none of the because you know how it is now with the addendum of the last four get the last four picks. Yeah. Exactly. So whoever makes the conference finals, they all slide back. And then, you know, the other teams move up based on you would just ignore that. And you would just do whatever, you know, the lottery is as is, and then um the the standings. And you're done. Like that's that's the only. I think that's the only logical way that you could really get away with it. That's the way that I would do it. Um, I think waiting on the draft would be silly, especially because that's well. There's two reasons for it. The first one, the draft is something you can do remotely. We talked about that on yesterday's show. Yeah. Uh, but number two, and more importantly, the reason the players' association is talking about playing every single game still, the draft isn't a big money maker for them. Uh. NHL games, NHL playoffs absolutely are the reason the players are pushing for all of that. If they don't play those games, the escrow is going to de- destroy players' paychecks just straight right. up. It's a really big problem um, yep. that they are facing in this whole scenario is, you know, escrow was already an issue, but now they're talking about escrow coming in and annihilating player paychecks. And that's going to be a really you know, that's, that's going to hurt all of the lost revenue hurts, hurts future escrow. And it hurts uh, salary cap calculations, which hurts future salaries. You know, if right now we're, we're looking at a world where I think best case scenario, the cap stays as is. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation is what do you do with the cap? Do you set it a month before next season? Or do they just sit, do they just set it now and we'll deal with that later? Uh, I think they should. Um, I mean, you have to you have to know some things first. You have to know how 
if the season's ending or not, you know, otherwise they could, they could just set it today and say, okay, well, whatever money we've made, we're canceling the rest of the season, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody in the NHL wants that. No, n- nobody sure. is looking forward to that. They, but, it's just, it's, but it's can the they, quote unquote nuclear option. Uh, right. But can they, let's say it gets to the date where they get everything scheduled or it gets canceled or, or whatever happens, happens and they have their schedule for what the rest of this season. When do they set that cap? Because in the scenario we're talking about, Cup gets awarded, free agency is immediately after, and teams aren't going to know how much money they have to work with. Uh, I mean, you would have to set it during the finals at that point. Yeah. Um, Just calculate it off, set it during the finals, and have everybody prepared and ready to go. You know, maybe, maybe you don't do it two days later. You know, maybe you give it 10 days. Maybe you give it a week, whatever. And you let teams kind of do as much prep as they can, but there's nothing that says these teams can't be making phone calls and doing all this work uh, while uh, the Stanley Cup Finals is going on. You know, all these other teams are are there. There are going to be 29 teams that are tinkering with their rosters and trying to figure out how to win the Cup the next season. There's only going to be two who are really kind of at a quote unquote disadvantage in this situation. Yeah. And they're playing for the cup, which right. Pretty like, decent consolation prize. Right. Like the, that's the whole point of this anyway. Yeah. So, and based the realities of it, it's not going to be a perfect science with, with all of the things that are going on. It just has to be whatever works to at a certain point. So that makes sense to me. Uh, setting it during the finals and, and giving teams enough time to, to, set some realistic expectations and know how much money they would have to work with. Um, I don't know if I'm, well, if we assume for a second that this all happens, they play the full regular season out and award the cup in September. I think the cap could still go up a decent amount. Uh, I think that's insanely optimistic. Um, And, and Hey, you know what? Right now I like I like that one of us is optimistic about something because I don't feel very optimistic about much of anything right now. Um so I'll take I'll take that. I I think that that's insanely optimistic, but I dig it. Good on you, right. sir. Well, we'll end it on a high note then and get out of this first period as it's time to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery, the original beer of the original beer, the sponsor of DNVR and the original Colorado beer. How about that? There we go. Uh, you can get them from Davidson's or other delivery methods as well. So I'm not missing out on my Breck brew while I'm in quarantine. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I make sure I have my avalanche. I'm going to have one for tomorrow night when we watch game one of the 01 cup finals. So, and I already know the results. So I know if I'm happy drinking or sad drinking before the game even starts, always a bonus, but you can keep an eye out for them. They have your Avalanche, your Strawberry Sky, your Agave Wheat. Mango Mosaic is one of the ones we have at the bar, which I'm not a personally huge fan of. But for those people that like the uh, the hoppier beers, that one I've been told is very, very delicious as well. So give that one a try if you haven't yet. And yeah, just, just keep an eye out and, and enjoy your beer. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Rudo and AJ. We've talked about it a ton, but we kind of let the burners cool off, obviously, with everything else going on in the world and, and hockey not happening. But 
Martin Kaut did play his ninth game in the NHL against the Rangers and is now at the tipping point where obviously the assumption is the Avs will be healthy whenever the NHL comes back. If it comes back this season, you have to think Martin Kaut's NHL season is done. Yeah, I mean, we asked, uh, Bedner uh, said after that last presser, he's, he's going down, and that was before they got guys back. Um, with the guys coming back, I can't imagine um, the Cout plays another game for the Avalanche in this season, <laughs> whether that be in June or September or whatever. Whatever whatever constitutes the rest of this season, I don't think we're going to see Martin Cout again. But I think that the the progress that he made in the AHL this year and um, every everything that he was able to uh, accomplish in his short NHL stint, I think all of that was encouraging enough that Colorado should not aggressively pursue another forward uh, that an, another depth forward in the summer. If they're going to go and get somebody, um, which I'm I'm not opposed to, it's just if they're going the to do it, yeah. yeah, it needs to be like, hey, like go get Taylor Hall, you know, like go get a monster, right? Like go get a big time, meaningful addition. So let's break a few things down here a little bit. Nine NHL games, three points in those games. I think we both kind of said he, he tapered off in the last couple of games. It, it wasn't quite as strong of play as it was in the first five or six. Happens. At the, it does. At, a, at the same time, the defensive, well-rounded parts of his game were pretty rock steady throughout. The offense came and went a little bit, even though he did generate quite a few chances, especially in those first six games. But he showed enough consistency to me, as you said, the Avs should not be putting guys in front of him. I think the spot should be his to lose in training camp at the start of next season. Uh, Yeah. And you know, if they, the, I guess the fear quote unquote, the fear is that, um, you know, you let some of these guys go, you, you don't bring back some of the, uh, you know, you don't bring back a Kamenev and, and you don't bring back a, a, a Nemesnikov, and you don't bring another guy in to compete for the spot with Cout. And then Cout goes into training camp and just totally falls apart. And it just doesn't happen for him. Yep. That, and then I mean, you're just searching. You know, what do we do about that? What do we do about that role? What do we do about that? You know, that's not, that, that wasn't a hole that we thought we were going to have to fill. And, it just it just becomes a different kind of a problem, you know, and and then you're not even into injury depth and saying, okay, well, what do we do now? You're just looking for a guy to to fill that role for you. I understand the worry. It just feels a little bit excessive for me, especially on a guy that you drafted in the first round, sixteenth overall. You look at what that player has done. You look at what he's given you already in the NHL, and you got to have some faith there. At a certain point, you got to say, this is the guy we drafted. This is the guy we've wanted. He's ready to get the job done. Well, and we've seen them have that the same faith uh, with Tyson Jost. And so it would be weird for them to kind of hedge bets there. Right. Uh, and say, well, we don't want to have the patience to wait for Cout. You know, and this is this is kind of something that we've talked about all year in 
you know, when we say, oh, we don't, we don't trust them to do the development part of this, you know, to, to promote a guy in season and get him into the team, you know, they, they, they basically were forced to do it, you know, kicking and screaming this year. And then he played well enough that it was like, okay, well, we've got to give him the games. Right. And I mean, you're looking at it. It is a bit interesting of a of a trajectory for Cout as well, because the first eight games in the AHL this year were awful. He had no points. It was not quality hockey. Then he gets hurt. This is a significant amount of time. Doesn't come back until the end of November. Takes him a couple games, and then all of a sudden, boom. He starts scoring. He starts producing. He starts looking like an NHL player. And it all just seemed to come together very, very quickly for him. And obviously here in the call-up. So the Avs recognize some of that to a certain extent. And you just, I don't see any reason to wait. I, what is he getting out of playing in the AHL next season? I don't know. I hear you. Um, It's, it's the question of where does he fit? Does he have a consistent job and what's the plan? Because you think a healthy roster next year, you want it to look, you know, you have Landis Gog, McKinnon, Rantanen, Kadri Burakovsky as five of your top six. Yeah. Okay. Now you've got, uh, so we've got seven, seven regular spots to fill. uh, And your, your top six is kind of those five guys, I think are pretty solidified for right now. I would say so. Assuming they make absolutely no moves, which (laughs) don't expect that. Yeah. (laughs) And then, okay. They bring back, uh, so they they bring back Jost and they bring back Nachushkin and they bring obviously Burakovsky. They let Kamenev, uh, Nieto, Nemestikov, and Wilson all leave. Okay. Okay. So still have Comfer. Comfer, Donskoy, Donskoy, Belmar, and Calvert, and Jost. I think we already said Jost, right? Okay. I'm just making sure. So then, you know, you're, you're the easiest way to do this just mentally to fill spots here is to just build a line, right? Yeah. So where, where do you put Tyson? How much trust do you give in Tyson Jost after the, he had a, obviously, you know, doing this today, we don't know, is that really the end of his season? Because he had what, seven points in his last seven games, eight games. Very, very strong post deadline. Right. And we, we saw a post, uh, we saw a a much better player in the postseason last year too. And it did not translate over into production this year. We agree. You and I agree that the player took a step forward in terms of him fitting into the NHL and finding a job and, and his play progressing, but the production still wasn't there. So you still have to kind of hedge your bet with him a little bit. Yeah. How I, much do you do that though? You know, where do you where do you go with that job? Um because you've got say it's just say that you have uh your third line next year. Let's just go with uh let's go with Donskoy, Comfer, and Cout. Sure. And then you have Calvert Belmar. And I guess Nachushkin? Probably, yeah. 
I, I mean, that's I mean, just kind of the two the right? better chance of him being the sixth forward in the top right. six than to be on 100%. the fourth line. I would agree with that. They may well give Nachushkin a try on that second line if they don't go out and get anyone in that type of role. But I think that's where some of the hard decisions have to get made, right? Um, you can look at either one trying to move on from some of the depth, someone like Belmar with one year left on his deal Mm -hmm. or two, you can start to move out one of your assets for a type of bigger move. Maybe some team sees some value in Nachushkin and you can go out and get a deal done for a bona fide top six player. Yes. I understand Taylor Hall will be available in free agency, but Looking down that list, there aren't a ton of high-end guys out there, so you may yeah. have to get creative on going to get one. And maybe you don't. You know, maybe what you do is you say, "Hey, we're happy with what Nachushkin brings to that." Even if maybe the you know, even if he's not going to be a forty-point guy, he's going to give us elite defensive play. Uh, he's going to give us a night-to-night effort and be a valuable contributor. And kind of round out uh, the the top six with uh, sort of a different element. You know, I mean, we saw, you know, just because top six doesn't mean the guy necessarily has to score 60 points or whatever. You know, we we saw the, the Canucks were wildly successful putting a myriad of, of guys who were not like high-end offensive players next to the Sedins for years. You know, I mean, how Alexander Burroughs made how much money because he played next to them and and filled like basically a, went and stood in front of the net. <laughs> yeah. And like filled a niche for them. You know, like it wasn't like, oh, anybody could do that. It was like, hey, he his game brought something, brought a certain element uh, to. To that combination. And I, I think that Nachushkin as profiling as a future top six guy could do something similar and all of that, I think, just opens up a spot for account. And in doing this math and looking at this, I would not actually hate bringing Nemesnikov back. Because if you if you were to move on from Nemesnikov, Nieto, uh, Kamenev, and Wilson, like that's a lot of depth that is just gone. And you have to replace it somehow. Because what there's nothing that says that they're going to be healthy next year. What if you do have four or five more forward injuries next season? You know, then and you let all those guys go, you're suddenly looking at, okay, well now, you know, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna are you gonna call up, you know, who exactly? You can call up Ty Lewis, you can call up Josh Dickinson. No, obviously, but there there is another side to that coin of when does it become Cout has the spot and the guy you're looking for is more of a thirteenth forward than an NHL regular. Oh, I and maybe maybe they maybe that's why they bring Kamenev back to continue being a thirteenth. Right, he's an he's an RFA, and so yeah. that's where that's where they can choose to bring him back and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna make this call, and we're gonna bring him back. He's been comfortable with this role. We know that he would like to 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 have a bigger role, but." Life is hard, and right now we're going to pay him to be in the NHL, uh, even in, even if that's not the job he necessarily wants. You know, we're going to pay him to be in the NHL as a rotational forward for us, just in case somebody gets hurt. We're comfortable with him; he's comfortable with us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where you bring him back. That's yeah. where he would have value if they want to bring him back. 
because well, he would be a lot cheaper and easier to bring back than bringing back a Nieto or a Nemesnikov or even a Colin Wilson. I mean, at this point, Colin Wilson's going to be on a another one-year deal, but it's going to be for a million dollars. Right. And at Would you that bring point, him back at that point? Wilson? I don't think so. Just because he's been hurt the entire time he's been here? here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's, like, what's the point? If you're looking for depth, he's the opposite of that. He's going to get hurt, and you'll need depth to replace him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you can get what the abs got out of Wilson from someone like Cout, basically. Okay. If not in the future, maybe even more. During the regular season, he's a kind of a different animal at the end of the year and in the playoffs, but... So we're we're both comfortable with the idea that Cout should be... I don't want to say a roster lock because... I'll um, say it. I, I'm more confident than you are that Cout should pretty much be a roster lock. I, I mean, if I'm making the choice, I'm fine with that. Um, but they are, and I don't know that they will be. Given the nine games he had, I think even the Avs are, you know, maybe not 100%, but it's in uh, half pen, half pencil, maybe. <laughs> um, all right, well, we'll end the second period there. Next period, we will get into a little bit of that depth, somewhat, I suspect. But before that, Inwego is the monthly membership for doing things. And while obviously with things going on right now, you can't get in for concerts and sporting events, they do have other much smaller things as well. So if you have to get out, if you can't take the home fever, cabin fever from all this quarantining, they do have a very small events that you can go to, things like axe throwing where it's just maybe you and one or two other people that you go with keep to yourselves in your own little area and have a little event to go hang out with on top of that eventually the quarantine will come to an end and and we go will be there for all of those events when it does so just be sure to use code dnvr when you sign up and you can get a whole month free which is a 45 dollar value they have three tiers 25 45 and 65 dollars so yeah, just remember to use code DNVR when you sign up. Third, third time's the charm, you know? Hey, for, yeah, the, you know, for the third period. It's so pretty it, hard for me to hit the record button, but uh, it welcome. It perfectly. <laughs> Count it. Threes are rule thirds, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's, Rudo, AJ. We talked Martin Cout. We talked, you know what? Maybe the Avs are losing some of that depth, particularly at forward. Enter. Shane Bowers put together so far a very solid year in the AHL, particularly after a bit of a slow first month, not unlike Martin Kaut, a little bit of injury time, really started providing consistent offense through December for this Colorado Eagles team and was a prospect that earned a top six role on the Eagles, which is not something that's easy to do. Yeah, with the uh, the love of the vet. Yeah. Being what it is in Loveland, uh, that he got that job. Thumbs up to him. For sure. Did a did a lot of earning it. And that honestly was has been the question at, for him at a lot of levels, basically, at the college level and now the AHL level, was how much offensive production is there for this kid? Because yeah. everyone loves his defensive side. Everyone knows he's a 200-foot player responsible with the puck. Yep. Very Ken's, smart, great skater. Yep. 
lots of elements to the game, but where would the offense max out? And this is where one, I am 100% a believer that the Avs should get Shane Bowers games next season. Yeah. But how many, how does he find a way to stick in the lineup? Can he even stick in the lineup next year are legitimate questions. And moreover, how do they use him? Because we did see them try him at wing for a while later on in the season as well. Yeah. And if that's where they think that they're going to get a player out of him is on the wall, um, a minor disappointment, but it's fine. I still prefer him as a center, if I'm being honest, but there are parts of his game, particularly on the offensive side of his game is much more wing-esque. I guess you could say a lot of deep in the zone, digging yeah. pucks out, front of the net type stuff. A lot of grindy type play, not uh, not a lot of driving the, the play himself through the center of the ice. Um, not that kind of focal point of the offense that you want your center to be. So he's the perfect bumper for the Avs power play, is what you're saying. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Had to get my dig in. Had to get one. Yeah. Um, unfortunately accurate. <laughs> but, I mean, either way, it's 10 goals, 17 assists. So he's shown an ability to distribute the puck decently. And he's producing goals at enough of a rate. Yeah. Certainly that is not an issue. And the question becomes, where's the transition? He was starting to get some PK time, things like that. How does he start filling those roles? We've talked before. Very, very obvious way to get in a center. Pierre Pierre Edouard Belmar either moving to the wing or looking to potentially even slide out of the lineup. Uh, Yeah. I think that's probably um, that's the Belmar spot is the obvious vulnerability there. Yeah. Um, just, you know, next year, I, I think that they're going to use kind of the comfort um, sort of model for how they want to promote their guys. Um the, the way the that, line, yeah, yeah, the way that any some AHL time, and then you know you get you get a full season there, you get a feel for it, and then you get into the next year, and then you start to look at the promotion, right? Because it's it's it worked with Comfer, uh, it's now looking like it worked nicely with Cout, and so I think Bowers is next up, and you know, given given the strength that we saw Bowers play with in the second half of the season. If he's able to carry that over and improve even more going into next year, then it's hard to argue that they don't know what they're doing all of a sudden. Because, I mean, they're starting to... Some guys are starting to get into the AHL system and look like players and come out of it. There's still... I'm not going to be too negative here because I agree with you. There's still some questions about the later round picks, but certainly... (laughs) Until until somebody, I mean, even Timmons, yep, even the first pick of the second round, until somebody turns into an NHLer, there's going to be those questions. Right, they still exactly. have to prove that. But even if they, even if it's just with first rounders for right now, uh, they, you know, they have they, a process that works. For right, that. them them proving that they've got something that's working for them. Uh, 
is a big step forward from even just five years ago. Yep. So this is, it's not, it's not to be overlooked. It's not to be ignored. This is, this is a big deal. Yeah. And it's, it does seem a a little bit like they are learning from their mistakes a bit. You look at their previous first round draft picks, other than Kale McCarr, who's the special type of talent. Miko Rantanen did a year in the AHL. Yes, he was 18, but he did a year there, came in and was excellent in the NHL. They have Tyson Jost, the one who skipped straight through is the one that is struggling in the end. Even guys like JT Comfer, who I think he was, was he a third of the second round pick or was he very end of the first? I forget. Uh, He was first, uh, first 10 picks of the second round. Okay. I think it might've even been like first five picks, but I'm, yeah, very it was at the top of the second. Yeah, another guy who spent not quite a year in the AHL, but spent some time there has been. He more was also older. I think he, he played was. three college years. He was. He did play three college years, but nonetheless, that extra year has worked for them, and their test with jumping straight in with not an unbelievable Kale McCarr level player in Tyson Jost has been a bit rough. Yeah. So. You can see why they would trend that way. And it's and it's not to say that, like, if Jost did another year in college. Right. He guaranteed would not be struggling like this. We don't know what that looks like. But we are seeing that, that the slower approach has produced results for them. Yep. And I think that they're paying attention to that. And they're saying, okay, let's, you know, the, the fact that they are also competing for a cup is kind of forcing their hand here a little bit because they're trying to balance the two. And with a guy like Bowers next year, you know, what are your, what are your goals for Bowers? For me, it's have a, have a 50 point pace for your season in the AHL, get games in the NHL, start to get your feet wet, start to get a taste of the league and go from there. You know, not, it's not going to be, you know, carve out a spot for him. And let's, let's do this. You know, let's, let's hold a job for this kid to, to see, you know, I mean, we, we thought that they should have been, should have been trying to do that with AJ Greer and AJ Greer has been their most productive AHL draft pick maybe ever. Yeah. I mean, I, they need to have him as an expectation for, to be called up either first or second call up on the forward list. In my opinion, I think he needs to get games. You need to see him in the NHL. Let's see what he can do in the NHL. And then you can start making decisions from there. Needs to be a legitimate opportunity for uh, him to be a, one of the first injury call-ups, not yes. and not, and not sitting behind the TJ Tynan and Jason Magnus of the world. Exactly. Stop the exactly. stop calling up. Like Jason Magna had a hundred NHL games played. I was not surprised when he got a few. Just not surprised, but TJ Tynan did not. TJ, I think, yeah. TJ Tynan had three NHL games played and no need. Yeah, 100% with you on that. You can get into that conversation and get with guys like Sheldon Dries as well, but it. It is what it is, and when you're working with prospects that are coming along and look ready, then let them be ready. Yeah, that's all. That's where I'm at with it, basically. Um, kind of wrapping up the show here. 
we didn't really get the chance to talk about Connor Timmons. I'm sure we'll talk about him in a future episode as he has his own whole situation to deal with, with Bo and Byram on the way as well. So that can probably take up a whole podcast, but final thoughts on the abs kind of forward core and, and more immediate prospects here. Um, I feel less comfortable with them uh, than uh, I do the future of the defense, but still yeah. very much looking forward to uh, what some of these guys have to give. And, you know, really, really looking forward to our uh, open game one tomorrow night, us watching Stanley Cup finals, Avs, yeah. uh, Avs Devils going to be a fun one. Uh, I'm really excited for it. Uh, if you're listening to this before that, we'll be tweeting out on Wednesday how to watch the game and, and how to hang out. We'll get yeah. everything all set up and it should be fun to, to sit around and cheer for an Avs team that we know is going to win some stuff. Have uh, have some test runs tomorrow. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this. And then we will be recording a post-game podcast immediately after. Uh, in which we break down the game that we just watched on YouTube. So we're going to be doing that's that whole series over the next couple of weeks, seven game series. Uh, We're doing it Wednesday and Friday of this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday of the next week, and then Monday and Wednesday of the week after that. So if you have absolutely no interest in that whatsoever, um, I mean, it would also, it would be good for you to let us know that you just don't care about this even a little bit. Um, you know, because if there's enough of you out there, we don't want to waste time doing something. But uh, I am excited about this, and I do hope that you guys kind of take the leap with us as we continue to find things to talk about and and find ways to to make this as avalanche relevant as we can. Yep, avalanche quarantine 2020. Make it happen. There you go. That's a that's a long <laughs> hashtag. It's like half the characters. Yeah, you you can't tweet us your thoughts because that hashtag is too hard. Um, uh, Anyway, as always, thank you for listening. Hope y'all show out for the, the watch along with the abs. Let us know your thoughts and we will talk to you tomorrow. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-US wines, I find them extremely helpful and helpful helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. The Avalanche with Haefeli and Rudolph.
with Hapoli and Rudo. The NPR Avalanche with Hapoli and Rudo. The NPR Avalanche with AJ Hapoli and